0: You're listening to the Save the Marriage Podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Balkum as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life starting right now. Hey, this is Lee Balkum, and this is the Save the Marriage Podcast. This is the podcast that I've designed to help you save your relationship. We're now over 400 episodes into this, it's been downloaded almost 4 million times around the world. It's incredible to be, think about that, because we're all interested in how to improve relationships, how to make them better, and that's why we're here. That's how we're spending this time together. Usually, what I try to do is either bring you a piece of information that will help you, or respond to a question that you might have. Uh, if you've been listening, you kind of know that's what I, where I've been digging in, because it's important for me to try to answer your questions, knowing that that tells me exactly where you're struggling. And today I want to talk about a submission uh, because I've heard this so many times from people. And before we get there, you know, it's just this interesting time in our culture where we're struggling to figure out what does it mean to, to be married? What does it mean to be a person? What does it mean to step into this world? I mean, it's just a topsy-turvy time that it's been. And you know, it was topsy-turvy enough without all of the pandemic issues and without all of the politics that are surrounding us really around the world. All of those pieces fit together to tell us what an anxious time we're living in and what an unsure time we're living in. And and part of what that's meant for a lot of people is saying, hey, what's important to me, Right. And there have been two answers in terms of relationships. One is what's important to me is this relationship that I've committed to, this marriage that I made a lifetime commitment to. Then there are others who go, well, what's really important to me is doing what I want to do, right, (laughs) of having my own life and, and not having to answer anyone. And the sad thing is there is a place for healthy interaction where both people are happy to be where they are, and what makes me sad is when people talk about, I don't want to have to be asking permission from my spouse, and as far as I know, many times it's not about the permission that we're really struggling with, it's about being fair to the relationship, and that struggle seems to be from all walks of life, from everyone I talk to, which kind of brings me to Ann. Uh, Ann says that she's listened to just about every episode that I've put out there, and she says, and this is her email, we've had many ups and downs on the road to creating a new path. I'm a very self-centered person, and that has been the biggest problem in our relationship, that I don't put him and his needs and those of our marriage before my own. So my question for the podcast is, how do I break the habit of putting my thoughts and feelings ahead of his, and what's better for the marriage? There's so many different layers, and to your question. And part of what I want to first talk about is the fact that we all are going to first reference ourselves. There's no way to not do that. I mean, I have two eyes and two ears to connect to one brain. And where is that that I'm viewing things from? From my perspective. I kind of always like watching like movies or or even TV shows where they are able to shift perspectives so you see an other perspective and maybe you assumed one thing. You may remember years ago um, that some of those nightly shows on TV would show you one whole side of a situation. And I remember many times like it would be a crime event that they were talking about and so they'd show you one whole side and, and by the end of that you're like, that person is guilty, there's no doubt about it. And then they shift perspectives and they share the other side and you go, well, that person, there's no way they're guilty. And all that's changes per perspective. But we're stuck with our perspective. I mean, we can modify our perspective. We can see things better, more clearly. But, and you're always going to start with your perspective. There's no other way for anybody to, to do that. The interesting thing over the course of my career is I've sat with many couples where one person will say, you're being selfish. And I've heard this from every context. You're being selfish for wanting to leave the relationship. You're being selfish for wanting to stay in the relationship. Selfish on both sides of that same coin, right, of leaving or staying. And, and so one of my observations when I hear people talk about being selfish is that whenever somebody says you're being selfish, It's almost always because the person they're accusing of being selfish is impinging on their selfishness, (laughs) or to be more clear, their self-centeredness. Again, we're all going to start with our own perspective. There's no other way for you to view the world. Now, there are some ways for you to consciously make a shift, and, and the reason I bring this up is because sometimes this whole question of, you know, how do I not see it from my perspective, is really a question of that somebody saying, you're being selfish. And I just raise the question, is that really the case, right? And, and, And it may be, right? I mean, there are times when somebody is so focused on what they want, what they can get, that they can't see beyond that. But there are lots of times when that is put out there by somebody who's seeing it from their own perspective, and they're reacting to the fact that their partner is seeing it from their own perspective. So they're both in their little silo viewing the other person and missing the fact that that's where we always start. We always start from our perspective. Can we enlarge it? Absolutely. But I want to bring in another piece before we get to that enlarging piece. And that is the fact that if you are always putting somebody else's needs, another person's, another relationship, or anything else, always in front of your own, you're headed for disaster eventually. Therapists love to use the example, and it is absolutely true, but you know it, it's, it's so overused, and I'm going to risk it again anyway. If you get on an airplane and you're getting ready to fly, they give you some directions on what to do in case there's an accident. And the very unlikely event, that there is an accident. They always give those instructions, right? They tell you how to buckle your seatbelt. And then they start talking about if the cabin is depressurized, so there's not enough oxygen for everybody to you know, get what they need, then the face masks are going to drop automatically from the ceiling. And what they say is, always put your own on first before you try to help somebody else put yours on first. And there is a very important reason why. If somebody beside you is struggling to get theirs on, they're not going to be much good helping you get yours on, right? I mean, if they can't get their own on, how are they going to help somebody else? And so now we multiply the effect. If they pass out from lack of oxygen and you pass out from lack of oxygen because instead of getting oxygen, you're helping them, now you have no way of helping them. So many times, the best way of helping is first making sure you're safe, getting your own oxygen, right? Getting your own needs met. Now, there is, you know, a, a point where that breaks down because let's just carry on that analogy. Let's say that you start with yours first. Notice there is a second. Then help the people around you, right? Right take care of yourself, make sure you've got the resources you need, and then help others. It's not like take care of yourself and sorry for the rest of you, right? It is a matter of starting with making sure your own needs are met because nobody else is going to, right? And I've seen this so many times in our culture, especially with women who feel the need to meet everybody else's needs and all of their demands. And in the end, they end up lacking their own self-care. And over time, they deplete their own energy. Over time, they deplete their own health. And at a very minimum, are always feeling like a victim. So part of the question involved in your question, Anne, is are you talking about you know, doing your basic stuff, right? I mean, making sure that you are taken care of. If it's like all the time, that's a different question. So we're talking really about in degrees of care. Sometimes I've talked to uh, people who are like, you know, I just need my, my me time, right? I need my me time. And so they start naming for me all the things they have to do. And in the end, it sounds a whole lot like a whole lot of me time and not a whole lot of other time. Then I meet other people who say, I just need some me time, and in reality, I mean, they are bare th- thin on getting any of their needs met, right? They're not resting when they're tired, they're not getting exercise, they're not even eating well because they're trying to get everything else met. So we have to look at this on the terms of a continuum, of what's the reality of that. And, and because of how brief your, your note is, I don't really know whether this is a reality-based or a blame-based question, reality-based, that you really go, yep, you know what? I don't take care of those around me. I don't put in my fair share. Or if it's a blame-based where somebody's saying, you're not meeting my needs, why aren't you? And why are you always getting your way? When in reality, it's just that they're not getting their way, right? That's the selfish saying you're being selfish. So I want to raise that up as kind of a a measurement to use to ask the question is this reality based or not and and here's the thing you name both your spouse and the needs of the marriage and that's an important distinction sometimes people tell me you know that their spouse is upset they're not meeting their needs and in reality it's the spouse's wants you know they want you to do this they want this from you The relationship needs are different, right? Every relationship needs nurture, needs connection, needs time. And when a relationship doesn't have that, you know, it it really gets fractured. And and here's the interesting thing. People have wants. Relationships just have needs. Uh, Humans have needs too, but we have wants and needs. But when we strip it down to the relationship, what's existing between you, it'd be very hard for the relationship to speak to what it wanted. That ends up being each person saying, this is what I want out of a relationship, but that doesn't make it the relationship having wants. It's the relationship has basic needs of care, of protection, of connection, of time, right? And so when you think of it in in kind of that frame, the question is, is that a reality base again? Are you not putting forth the effort into the relationship? And if not... Why not? So part of what happens with this whole process is what I call the pause button marriage. The pause button marriage happens for many marriages— where something comes along and we, we hit the pause button and in our minds we're going, well, we'll come back to this. We'll be, come back to us. It, it's kind of an ironic thing, right, that we get married because we love this person. We want to spend our life with this person. We want to show them how much we love them. Then we get into it and we go, oh, okay, well, now life, right? The kids come along, oh, I need to be a parent. A job comes along, oh, I need to be you know, at a certain position before I can come back to the relationship. And uh, those are the two big ones. You know, there are others, but many people say, okay, you know, when the kids are, and they start naming the times, when the kids get to school, <laughs> when the kids finish school, <laughs> when the kids are self-sufficient, when the grandkids are, grown. I mean, so many times I hear it's always kicking the can a little bit further down the street for when it will finally be time to be a couple again. So kids, that's one way we hit the pause button. Careers, another big one. You know we start and I've heard the same conversation we start thinking, you know once we hit this level of prosperity, you know whether it's I get to this position, you know whether I make partner or I'm tenured or uh you know I get this promotion to c o o or c e o or I start my own business or uh, so many different things we put out there, or you know we finally have our retirement covered or we're finally able to easily pay the bills or whatever it is, right. There's some standard that is set, and generally that's ever expanding too. Well, once I make junior partners, now once I make senior partner, you know, once I make CEO is now once I get my business started. I mean, it just on and on it goes. And so many times I've had people say, Well, I thought we were on the same plan. You know, when the kids left for school, we would get back to us. I thought we were on the same plan. When we had everything secured, we would get back to us. We'd go travel, we'd go have a good time, we'd get back to each other. Now, here's the reality of a pause button marriage. Relationships don't do that. (laughs) There is only two modes for a relationship. Relationships are either growing and expanding, or they're shrinking and diminishing. There's There's no static point. I have a CD that's been in my car for a while, been loaded up, and I really love the music, And every now and then I'll go back and hit play and, you know, it goes back to right where I was. and It plays and it's nice and I hit pause and it pauses it right there. And I can go do whatever I want, listen to whatever else I want, not even listen to anything at all. It doesn't matter. When I come back, I hit play and it picks up at exactly the same place. And somehow we imagine that's going to be true in the relationship. But relationships are organic. If I water the plants outside, they will continue to grow make sure they get the right sunlight, get them in a good place, protect them from whatever might hurt them, water them, they'll grow. If I walk away, let the sun beat them down, refuse to water them, they'll die. They'll shrink. They'll die, right? And that's the same thing with our relationships. If we put in energy, they grow and expand. If we stop doing that so notice, I, with the plants, I didn't take anything away from them. They're still outside. I'm just no longer attending to them, and there they shrivel up. Same with a relationship. When I hit pause, they start shriveling up. The connection starts to wane. It begins to fall away. So since we're no longer paying attention, so same with that plant. You know, If I'm no longer looking at that plant, I'm not noticing it's withering in the sun. I'm not noticing that it's desperate for water because I'm doing something else. So then when I come back to go, oh, let me see my plant, I'm surprised to see it's a mess on the ground. Same thing happens when people come back to their relationship to unpause and they go, wait, who are you? What are we doing? Why are we even in this relationship? Where's the love? As it turned out, the pause did damage to the relationship and you didn't know it because you're paying attention to other things, the kids, the job, whatever it was, whatever the pause button was about, you didn't see it because you're now paying attention somewhere else, wherever our attention is, that's an important thing to notice. So sometimes what happens is I notice that couples get kind of self-centered because they're no longer attending to or watching the relationship they're now focused somewhere else. So when they realize something's wrong with the relationship and somebody's saying, I can't believe this. You never put anything into the relationship. Why don't you care? You're only caring about your own needs. The fact is that there's a high likelihood that both have done some of that. It's just that one has noticed the withering. One's feeling the pain. So, Anne, that may be the case for you. It may be the case that You know, you are just having hit the self-centered, or the the, the pause button, or it could be that you're self-centered just like everyone else is. Now, it is also possible that you are entirely accurate, that you get focused on your own self to the neglect of the relationship and your spouse. It's entirely possible that there is no more energy going towards those. I would raise the question of what caused that? Where did that happen? Let me suggest a path back to that is trying to see things, practicing seeing things from another perspective. What often happens when people are having a conversation or a discussion or an argument is they're trying to convince the other person of their viewpoint, not listening to the other person's viewpoint. And so one way is to check in on that person's viewpoint. Hey, what's going on? Not about, you know, the fight, right? But just about life. Hey, what's going on in your life? Tell me what's important to you. Tell me what's going on and staying up to date. It's almost the antithesis of the pause button marriage where we check in with each other. Hey, what's going on? What do I need to know about? Where are you? I mean, that continuing conversation can keep the pause button from doing damage while you're doing parenting and while you're doing your career stuff and everything else, it it doesn't have to be a pause button. You can say, hey, I know we're really busy with the kids, but how can we carve out time for ourselves? I'm really busy with my career, but how can we carve out time for ourselves to make sure that we have a balance point? So how do you break the habit of putting your thoughts and feelings ahead of your spouse or what's better for the marriage? Part of that is that check-in of forming the habit of checking in with each other and asking what's going on and where they are and letting the other person tell you about their perspective. In terms of the relationship, it's asking the question, what do we want out of the relationship and what would it take for us to get there? So Anne, I wish I could give you a, a clear answer Uh, But I don't know enough about your situation to delve into your specifics. But I I just want to be clear that we all start from our own perspective. And if you are a part of a pause button marriage, your perspective is already away from those because of the nature of that pause button marriage. And a way back is empathy, connection, perspective, wondering what your relationship could be. Now, I will say this. If you're struggling already in the relationship, if part of what this is about is you've got a spouse who is feeling that disconnection, it may take more to get back to there. That's when I would suggest you use a program. Mine, Save the Marriage, uh, would be a great place to do that. It's the Save the Marriage system. You can find it at savethemarriage.com. That's savethemarriage.com. One of the things I would just say is that we do help within that in a couple of ways. One is, at least right now, I'm giving away a free week of my VIP program where you can ask a question just like this. Give me more details though. So it would be this, but more, more details about your relationship and ask your questions, specific questions about where you might change things. I include that for free. All you have to do is claim it when I offer it. If you turn it down, you don't, you know, you, you don't have to use it. I'm not going to sign you up without you knowing. I don't just, there's no check box for you to click or unclick, you have to sign up for it. You also have a free session with one of my coaches. It's a, it's a mini session. It's a get started session. It's kind of the best start session and that's available too. So you can uh, take advantage of that to kind of think through a little bit more about this and see if you can get a plan together. But don't let this get worse because the deeper the disconnection, the harder the path back doesn't mean it's impossible. Just more of a challenge. It's much easier when you're at an earlier stage. And that's true for all of us. For anyone who needs some help, come visit me at savethemarriage.com. That's savethemarriage.com. And get started with the system. And by the way, if you have a question for the podcast, send it to me at podcast at savethemarriage.com. That's podcast at savethemarriage.com. This is Lee Balcom wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com.